In this session on the Creative Studio Academy, we're going to be talking about editing. And so we're going to look at some things about self-editing plus being able to get somebody else to do some editing of your posts or your writing in general. And so we're going to talk about that in this episode, session four of season two on the Creative Studio Academy. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. And welcome back to the Creative Studio Academy. I'm definitely excited today to be able to bring to you a conversation that I had with Jim Woods, who was a previous guest on the podcast here. And so uh, he was on two different episodes and he shared some different things um, back then um, in season one. And so definitely excited to be able to talk to him today because uh as we mentioned in the last time that he was with us, he has transitioned from um, working for somebody else to working for himself and largely as a writer. And so he is doing a lot of different writing projects and different uh, writing things that are coming up. Um, there's actually a uh, project that uh, is coming up that I'll be excited to be able to share uh, once he gets that um, off the ground. And so for people specifically that are going into writing and so or want to improve their writing. And so I'm definitely excited for that coming up. But again, in this episode, we're going to talk about editing. And so this is something that he is working on trying to help other people with. And so trying to uh, do editing on their work. Um, and as we discuss in our conversation, uh, he has uh, been trying to get some different work as editors or as an editor and he shares some of that process and some of the experience, some of the things that he's learned through the process of that as well. And in the process, we're going to talk about some different things that we could be able to um, implement into our own writing. And then also some things that we can look for if we want to try to get some outside perspective for our blog posts. And there's also a group that he mentions that uh, could be a great way to be able to interact with people if you want to get some additional perspective on your writing as well. And so it's a great conversation. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to creativestudio.academy slash two dash four, and you'll be able to get the show notes for that. There's uh, several links that are mentioned uh, throughout the conversation. I'll try to include all of those in the show notes. And so uh, definitely uh, sit back and listen to this. And so um, it wasn't a scripted conversation at all. It was just uh, uh, kind of a last minute thing that's like, hey, I, I'd like to talk about this and just see what we can get. And um, we didn't even start it off as a podcast episode. We were just talking um, and, uh, and my Skype um, software just has a, a recording software that um, I set to automatically start with it. So I was able to record all that and we just kind of went with the process. And so anyway, 
Um, that so this is what we got, and so this is our conversation. So not a quote unquote normal uh interview, but uh, definitely a great conversation to get us going in the area of editing. Yeah, I think I think editing is so underutilized, and people only go get an editor uh, typically when they have this big book, you know. But if we, you know, if you really get hands on and start editing your blog posts more than more than <laughs> more than what we normally do, which is just glance them over and then find out after the fact. Um, right. It's just so proactive, and I think the response from the audience is always so much better. Yeah, very true. No, and so I've I've actually never had a blog post edited. I will rip um, you to which, pieces, but I'll do it in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet you will. I actually have um have one uh, that that I was gonna uh, pass by you. It's yeah, actually absolutely. supposed to come out Monday. Absolutely. Um, and so so yeah, so I'll send that send that your way. Yeah, so, I know you mentioned it, man. You I, seriously, I, I I bet I bet you'd be shocked how much just the extra perspective can help. Um, you know, Chris Morris. I mean, I my very first interaction with him was a guest post for me, and uh, it's it's amazing how much you can learn when you kind of take someone through the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't really grow at all as a writer until I took a course where you had to give feedback and really that just goes hand in hand with the editing process. And I, I think that one course, I mean, that's the only real takeaway I have from it is, you know, giving good feedback because it has to give examples and, you know, say, well, this isn't clear. That's clear. This is good. That's, that still needs more clarity or, you know, this isn't on topic, that kind of thing. And that really just goes directly with editing and the way I view it. I mean, I'm not a traditional editor by any way, shape or form, but I think all of us as readers, whether or not we admit it, I think we do that. I think we edit, but it might not be under the, you know, official, you know, uh, structure of a traditional editor. But I think we all do that because we know what resonates with us and we know what doesn't really quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, so I don't have anything prepared as far no as pro- I can just riff with um, you. Things we'll like make that. It so work. we'll roll with it, man. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, the recorder's already going. Awesome. But, uh, okay, I wasn't so, sure. <laughs> okay. So it, so so it, it I, I just have it set to start with Skype. So, gotcha, um, gotcha. So it's going. So okay. So I, I, I could use little your little song bites already, but uh. Um, but yeah, but we'll uh, go ahead and well, let's we'll make life easy for you. And we'll, we'll say this is the line. Now we can have you. So you have a line yeah. for the editing on the podcast. Yeah, but I can do bloopers now, too. That's so, true. oh, you're nice. <laughs> Very nice. I, I haven't done that with that, this podcast. I don't think so. Um, I don't do that very often. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, so so we can uh, uh, just kind of get started and then just kind of. Yeah see where the conversation goes, kind of stepping through the process and yeah, man, absolutely. different things like that. So we don't necessarily have to go long, but, but enough to kind of get the high points. Yeah. And then of course at the end, then we'll bring it back around. Hey, um, I mean, editing, you can do some self editing, but right. Always good to get outside perspective in steps. Jim Woods writes. Exactly. So, exactly. There you go. 
You know, and with editing, I'll be honest, I think most writers are flat out intimidated by the process. I know I was. I truly was. Mm -hmm. I was scared to death. It was like, you know, I was going back to English class where the teacher would hand me back the, you know, the paper with all the red ink on it. And I still have a bit of that red ink phobia. If I work with an editor, I'm like, don't give me red ink. Give me blue, (laughs) give me purple, give me pink, give me any color but red. Because I misunderstood it. I took it as, well, this is all wrong. But the truth is a good editor has the best piece, like the best final product in mind. And when you look at it that way, it's like, well, shoot, mark it up. We're going to fix it. It's going to look really good when it's all said and done. And I'm, I, like I said earlier, I'm not a traditional editor. Like, you know, I don't necessarily think probably like anything like a grammar teacher or even a, like an official editor. I just really, my core thought is, is this piece clear? Is it getting the point across? Is it impactful? Is it powerful? Or is it just really muffled? Is it going to stand out at all amongst all the other, you know, choices we have? Because we're, I mean, as a writer, we have to step our game up. We're, we're competing with, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z on video, on music. Um, we're competing with a million other blogs. We're competing with Stephen King. I mean, I don't know about you, Josh, but you ever think about that? It's like we're competing for attention with the best of the best, you know, and there's so many choices. You have to put out your best product. And I think the editing process is just so important for that. Otherwise, you know, your your brain doesn't catch everything. You see it through your own perspective, but you don't you don't catch those typos. I, sometimes even even now, I, I, I don't catch things because my brain just misses certain words or I read it differently than what it actually says. You ever Do you ever have, have that happen to you, Josh? Yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, self-editing is always a difficult thing because it always makes sense to you. Yeah. Because, yeah. because it, it, you've already processed <laughs> it probably multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so it completely makes sense to you. But uh, someone that hasn't been through all the different processes that your mind has gone through, it doesn't always make sense to them. That's such a good point. And honestly, too, personalities come into play here. Um, What's logical for you might not be as logical for your ideal audience reader, you know, your ideal, um, you know, customer even. And I think you have to, you know, get that extra feedback that extra perspective it's it's like in some ways i think as a writer on a blog we're really really careful with guest posts and we really think about the guest posts but then on our own site i think we push the publish button a little too quick i know that's i'm guilty of that myself i'm not going <laughs> to accuse everybody but i'm guilty of that myself because we we like have a higher standard because we know there's this outside perspective and it has to almost pass a litmus test of sorts when that other, you know, um, other person reads it when they look it over and, you know, any big blogger, any great writer, they have an editing team of some, some sort. Um, even if it's as simple as a proofreader or two, every big blogger, um, anyone with an audience, really, I think they have to have, you know, 
that behind the scenes. And we never know about that. It's not like, uh, you know, people don't really go out and advertise. Oh, yeah, well, I have, you know, three editors and a proofreader. And oh, yeah. And I also have a few, you know, just uh, folks who read it uh, before everyone else sees it just to give me feedback on it. And I think a lot of big bloggers and authors do that. I'm not saying all of them, but I think the really successful ones with, you know, a post that it just looks so polished. Um, I've, I've looked at some guest posts on some sites and I mean, the process is flat out overwhelming. I mean, I'm talking like maybe 10, 20 hours per post. I mean, think about that, Josh, 20 hours for a guest post that's unheard of, but then it makes sense. And those are the really big sites and they have that message just really honed in and it's clear and it reads better and it's smoother. And I think one thing that we don't realize enough is internet readers typically are scanners. They really don't, it's not like you're reading a novel, you're scanning, you know, those subheads and bullet points and numbers and all that is so important. And I think that might be one big difference between, you know, the really popular posts and the posts that, you know, only a few people ever see. And that's, and that's, I'm not saying it's not good content at all. Please don't misunderstand me. It can be fantastic content, but if it's not packaged in the right way, you know, to look good on your mobile phone, people just, they're not going to spend the time, I think, to, uh, you know, read it at home later. I mean, Josh, it has happened to you where you get like a, an email or a newsletter or something. And you're like, you're looking at it on your phone. You're like, Ooh, I want to read that. And then it just kind of gets buried in the inbox, right? So I think that's one of those issues where, you know, you have to realize people are reading it on their phone. And when you keep that in mind, it's like, wow, your your words have to be really impactful. And, you know, there's some things you can do to, to really maximize the power. Um, you just drop all the weak words. Um, sometimes it's better to write shorter um, than it is to write longer. Because sometimes when you go long, you kind of repeat yourself. I do this myself sometimes and I'll, I'll catch it or um, my, like my wife will even read some for me and she'll catch it because it's like you're painting a picture, but you're using little strokes as opposed to like one broad stroke or, you know, saying in one sentence that you kind of said in five sentences. Things like that are just so important when you're you know, going through the process. And then, you know, that's, that's just one thing you can kind of look for if you're self-editing and there's words that you really should avoid, like the word that, um, Donald Miller, uh, gave a really good post. Uh, I think it was a few years ago now about just avoiding that. Like it's a cuss word because 90% of the time it can just be dropped altogether. Once you implement that, you can make your, you know, writing stronger just by dodging that word. And the word like is another, you know, um, there's some words that you just really should avoid um, that that are basically weak and just filler words. I try to avoid uh, cliches as much as humanly possible. Or even if you're going to write a comparison, think outside the box and just try to come up with your own phrase for it. There are certain um, phrases uh, that are just so cliche that you just you have to dodge them. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head. Um, 
I would say, you know, there's, there's so many, it's like all those sayings that you keep hearing time and time again, um, like beating a dead horse or like a broken record things, phrases and, you know, things that you hear a lot that you're like, Oh, I, I don't really need to have that in my writing. <laughs> um, overdoing things. Some people might even allude to a hamster wheel or running on a treadmill and things like that, where you can just drop that. It's not needed at all. Um, there's so many different phrases and things. And, you know, the rule of thumb really is if it's not adding value, if you can pull it out and this, your piece still makes sense, drop it. If uh, uh, That's kind of the minimalist approach. But the truth is you want to have powerful words. And if you read some like Ernest Hemingway, he was like the king of this where it's like he didn't add any fluff to his writing uh, for the most part. It, he would have you know, description, but it was very, very simple description. And it's like you, the reader have to paint the picture. He's just giving you, you know, some broad generalities and then you paint the rest of the picture. I would say, you know, look up some Ernest Hemingway quotes because he really, he gave a wealth of knowledge just from his quotes um, where he talks a lot about, you know, what to drop, what not to drop. Um, Stephen King had a great book called On Writing where he just said, you know, be very, very sparing with the adverbs, you know, quickly and all those L-Y words, you know, frantically or zestfully. I think that's the example in his his book, zestfully. Everything was zestful. And it's like you just want to dodge those words because they don't really add anything to it. Um, even the word very, like I'm very excited in, in the context of a sentence, you're excited. You probably don't even need the very, or really is another word that you can probably drop. And once you start, you know, cutting, you know, cutting off all the extra words in your sentences, suddenly they're a lot stronger and a lot more um, impactful. Yeah, I can understand that. And of course, then each of us has our own little words that we like to, overuse as well and so uh, i know for myself i tend to find myself overusing the word definitely yeah and so as i'm replying to people or something like that here are you gonna be doing this oh definitely and i, I catch myself doing that and i could probably um if i look through different blog posts and things i've written i could probably find different words throughout the post that i use multiple times that i could probably use a different word or um just rephrase it or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, there's a, a nice feature even in uh, the application called Scrivener. It's kind of like a writer's toolbox of sorts. Um, my friend Blake Atwood, who is just a fantastic editor as well. Um, he, he showed me this cool feature that shows you like, what are the words you use the most? Um, I'm looking at Scrivener now. I'm, I'll, we'll find the link for it. You can include it in the show notes, but essentially it just breaks down. Like if you have an ebook or even a blog post, a blog post is going to be a lot easier. It's not going to require something as in depth as this, you know, you can just read it through and probably pick it apart or have someone have a friend or someone look it through and pick it apart. But on a ebook or something longer like that, it's so helpful to say, Whoa, this, you use the word, 
the a lot or is or are or whatever. I think the is one of those common ones where you could easily overdo it. Sometimes you could drop that. But a, a, a great tool, you know, where you're not going to see that necessarily, especially if it's kind of spread out in spurts in, in the context of an ebook. Um, if you have certain, if you were just in certain parts, you really, you know, zoned in and had those too much of one word or a certain phrase, or, you know, if you just want to space it out, I know here's, here's the ultimate tip I think for, for writing, uh, that I found for first person, it's really, really easy to say, I did this and I did that. And I went here and I went there. If you're writing first person, uh, I read an amazing article where the, the technique is essentially called burying the I. So you try to avoid the word I as much as possible. And it's hard to do it first. But once you do that, it starts making the whole piece a lot more tense and a lot more impactful. And instead of I went over to the door, you, you, it could be something as simple as the door, the doorknob or the doorway. I, I'm trying to think here off the, off the top of my head. The doorway was, was cold and, and creaky and then stepping into the, stepping into the hallway and you could just kind of dodge the eye all the way throughout and just use it really, really sparingly kind of like the, uh, the word that where you essentially, I mean, you can really just dodge some words and then it becomes a whole lot more impactful and you use them when you have to versus, you know, uh, using them all the time, which would be the easy way out. If you, I mean, especially if you, if you look over someone who writes in first person, kind of a biography or something like that, if it, if the word I is all over it, now it's really hard for me to get through it. <laughs> Even if it's good, I mean, if it could be a great story, but I kind of, the editor in me will kick in. I'll be like, oh, they, they don't know that trick, do they? <laughs> it's called burying the I. And yeah, I'm not saying that's going to work all the time for everyone, but you could implement it a little bit. And still, it would clean up your writing. Hmm. I like that. That, that got me thinking. Um, it, it may have been you that shared this article, um, but there was an article I just read recently uh, where it was talking about trying to uh, make the stories that, that you tell come alive um, a little bit more. I can't, I can't remember all the details now, but um, but basically all the different senses instead of yes, yes. Say, saying like I saw that or you saw right. that, um, describe it mm -hmm. um, in a different way to where you're not using the words feel, see, saw and things like that. Right. And, yeah, I was, I did share that. And it's it's great summary. It's a great summary. Taking that one step further. And this is like the ultimate tip. And I I've actually implemented implemented this a little bit um, when you get sick, take notes take notes about how your body feels. And it's an amazing way to kind of summarize, like when you're, you get a headache, how does that feel to you? Obviously it's not fun and it's painful, but how would you describe that in words versus just saying, you know, your head throbbed, which would probably be the overused version of, you know, saying you have a headache you could find 50 different ways to describe that. 
Or, you know, when you wake up and you're sore and you get out of bed and you feel like you're moving in slow motion, what's another way to describe that? Is there, um, is there, you know, is there any other words that come to mind? Is there any other descriptions you can use? And I, I'm not saying it's easy. It's one of those things where you can build it up over time, but you can, you can start to, you know, fill a notebook just with ideas, just with phrases and words. And I think that can really help because then you have a, a toolbox to go to when you haven't, when you're working on the next blog post or ebook, wouldn't it be nice to have a whole toolbox full of phrases and words that you can potentially use and implement? I, I, I literally just have a composition notebook and I, I titled it like words, ideas, phrases, and it's just for that. I'm not going to, you know, just randomly, you know, start writing a blog post in that notebook. It's just ideas and phrases. And it's, it's great to have those little kind of things. If you had ever note, that would be even better way probably to keep track of it. You could tag a little word or phrase and then it could pop up and you're not flipping through all the pages in your composition notebook, right? Excellent stuff. Um, I, I found that article that we were uh, referenced. I'm going to uh, have a link to that in the show notes so that people can uh, be able to go in and check that out. Um, and so, so yeah, that's, that's excellent stuff, man. Um, now, now what's some, uh, uh, talking about editing and all that. I mean, there's some self-editing that we can do. You talked about kind of checking over some of your things and uh, uh, what, what's something we should look at when we're trying to get somebody else um, to help give us that outside perspective, but then uh, not, not just a different viewpoint, but someone that maybe knows what they're doing. What kind of things should we look for in a person like that? Well, here's the thing. I'll, I'll be honest. It's just my experience with editors and then, you know, folks working with me. I think all editors have their own unique approach. Some will give you a lot of feedback. I'm one of those guys where I, I view editing a lot like coaching. I want to tell you what I think you're doing great. I want to tell you what I think is unclear. I want to tell you what I think is fluff. I want to tell you what I think needs to be expanded upon. And some editors, they they might not give you as much. It just all depends. I think a lot of trial and error is involved when when going through finding an editor. You really need to find someone who who works with your personality and also sees your vision, like what the end goal is for the project. It can be a blog post, it can be a ebook, it can be whatever. But you have to have both both people on the same page. I've worked with, I'd say five different editors now on just eBooks. Um, if you include blog posts, I probably more like, you know, 30 or so by now. Um, and you just got to make sure they understand what it is you're doing, where it's going. And by that, I mean, like if it, if it's a blog post for your blog to do a good job, I think they have to look at your blog, at least, you know, glance it over, see your theme, find out like what are your posts like um, a general post and I think if 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 it's somebody new you know give them your very best post whatever has the most page views whatever you you know a couple posts something like that um, three or four that you feel are a good representation of your blog to really get a good vibe otherwise 
they might edit it and then it doesn't look anything like anything else on your site. And it might be readable. It might be better. Maybe, maybe it is time to, you know, really tighten things up. And that's, you, you were off, off the mark a little before in the past. That's possible. But I, I think sometimes it's going to be more getting everybody on the same page and uh, making sure that, you know, um, they kind of understand where you're going. And, you know, some folks I, like myself, I love short sentences. I do not write long sentences typically. If I do, it's kind of a rarity. So I think you just got to get, you know, got to get on the same page. And the only way you can really do that is trial and error. Almost all editors on the planet will give you a couple pages of their work if you ask. Say, hey, I'm interested in you know services. Will you you know edit a couple pages for me just so I can get a feel for you know what service you're providing? And almost every editor is going to be able to give you at least a page or two. It shouldn't take them that long. Um, it's possible, you know. I, I was um, reading. Uh, it was a, a longer um, novel. And I, I told the uh, the writer, I said, I am just the wrong audience altogether. I can't really give you great feedback on this because it was written primarily for women. And it was just a completely different genre where I was like, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> because I just didn't have experience in that. And I think a good, honest editor will say that and be like, look, I'm not a blank editor as much my strength is in this area over here um i'm not in a fantasy editor per se i work more in nonfiction, that kind of thing and uh a lot of it too josh i think is you know just find a a, a great uh application to do it google documents i think are great for this a lot of people prefer Word with the track changes feature. There's Scrivener with the little comments there as well. Um, you know, figure out what works well for you. Um, and you, if you're not sure, that's okay too. Um, Google Docs by far is the easiest. I love that because you can just share it and there's no question. You don't even have to attach it to an email. It's just Google Docs, I mean, it's it's a dream come true for editing and for sharing blog posts. If you're doing that to get proofreaders, um, it's just so simple. And it's really stripped down and, you know, just so shareable. You could share it with 20 people really, really quickly with Google Documents. Whereas, you know, it's a little bit of a nightmare if you're, you know, <laughs> using Gmail and sharing it with 20 people and trying to get feedback from that many people. So I, I really do recommend Google Documents if you're like a first time, you know, getting your hands dirty in the editing process. And also you can, you know, read a lot on online and also in books. There are some great books that you can get. Um, there isn't one way to edit overall. Um, it's going to depend, you know, from person to person. And, you know, I, I being that I'm more of a minimalist, I might not be the best editor for somebody who really likes description. And, you know, that's, that's just kind of a difference in style. And, you know, I, I wouldn't want to turn someone's beautiful, you know, description and just say, Oh, all oh, that's not needed. Well, but in their, in their eyes, some of sometimes, especially in fiction, I think in fiction, it's even harder. Um, 
in fiction, it's completely, you know, up to the writers. A lot of the rules kind of go out the window and, and it's all about serving the story there. Okay. Now you, you, you've recently gone through, um, process of trying to find work as an editor. Um, and, uh, you've shared some of that with me. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about kind of the process that you've gone through in that and you kind of share your side and then maybe that could help give perspective for those of us that would look for an editor. Sure. Absolutely. Now, when you're, when you're doing freelance, honestly, it's all about networking. It's all about just reaching out to people and saying, look, Hey, I'm available to help you with this, this, or this. Um, primarily with editing, there are copy editors, which are basically cleaning up all of the grammar, all of the sentences, the punctuation, really detailed people. Um, and then there are also developmental edit developmental editors, and they're more concerned about the overall story. Is it fit? Does it resonate? Is it building tension? Is it keeping my attention? Um, uh, basically, story structure. And then there are also proofreaders, which they're going to catch the typos, basically misspellings for the most part. Um, you know, if something was wrong uh, with spacing, potentially. Those are the three main kinds of editing. I'm primarily a developmental editor, but I also have a pretty good eye for copywriting. I'm not a grammar Nazi by any way, shape or form. I'm all about the overall structure, the story. Um, that's, that's my strength. Now, honestly, if I really wanted to dive into a big book, I would probably get some help too. Um, and, and just partner up with a copy editor and, and have them, you know, work on it a little bit as well as my work as a developmental editor. And basically, you know, it'd be like round one, this other editor, round two could be me. Um, and for most folks, it's it's a different process depending on your budget. Um, editing can be really expensive. I'll be honest, uh, just to gauge it, um, most editing, $15 an hour to fill in the blank. It can go, it's basically starts at $15 an hour. Now, some folks do it per, um, per word. Like I charge three cents per word. That's just my going rate. Um, or, you know, some folks just do it per hour and that's a pretty common rate. Uh, some folks might go as low as two cents a word. Um, it just depends on the experience and, you know, a lot of it really is trust. You have to trust your editor that they have that right attitude and mindset and that they're they're wanting the best book possible too. Um, my good friend Blake Atwood, he is a great editor as well. He's more of a copy editor. Um, he has a lot of experience, uh, honestly, more experience than me in some areas. And it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I know I could work with him really well and we could tag team some projects. And he he's more of a grammar Nazi than I am. I'm, I'm, I, I kind of pick on him sometimes because I'm not a big Oxford comma fan and he loves the Oxford comma, which uh, for your listeners, that's just that extra comma before the word and, or, but uh, right before a, a conjunction. So like, I like peanut butter, honey and jelly. And 
that comma after honey. I think it's like, well, that doesn't matter, you know, but um, for some folks, it's a big clarity issue. And, you know, there, that's just an opinion thing. It doesn't really matter that much there, but some great copy editors, man, they, they catch absolutely everything. They know so much about, um, you know, those specifics um, on the, on the certain rules and grammar. Yeah. Just for the record, I am for the Oxford comma. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I'm, I'm not going to hold it against you. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Well, you know, honestly, I I'm just a rule breaker, and uh, you're influenced by your favorite authors as well. I, I I love Cormac McCarthy, and he is very minimalist on punctuation. Like he doesn't barely use any commas. So the fact that I just dropped the Oxford comma is actually me scaling back a little bit. It's kind of like a little nod and of sorts toward Cormac McCarthy, who I, he's just a great author, very poetic and uh, very minimalist at times, but yet very um, poetry like. So uh, that's, that's kind of my inside scoop there. <laughs> Excellent. Um, now I, I did have a question. You mentioned that with the different writing uh, or the way, the way that uh, editors charge, you mentioned that uh, you charge three cents a word. Um, I'm just curious, is that three cents a word when you, um, as far as if you look at the copy before you start or by the time you're done tearing it apart? Yeah, it's before. Okay. <laughs> it's before. <laughs> because there could be a big difference sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, there could be. Absolutely. Yeah, it's before because you have to read it all through. Um, and most, most editors, I think they prefer per word because it's, it's, it's almost like you can pace yourself and average a certain number of words per hour, or which equates to like, you know, most editors are around a thousand um, words per hour edited, which comes out to like four pages. Um, you know, it's just another way to frame it essentially. Now for blog posts, you know, I think, again, it, it helps because all blog posts are not created equal. Some of them, like myself, I mean, I could write a 300 word blog post or 800 words or, you know, some blog posts are a couple thousand words. So, you know, just, it just depends there. Okay. All right. Um, so where can people get a hold of you um, if they would uh, have any other questions or, um, or if they would even like to look at hiring you? Uh, jimwoodswrites.com jimwoodswrites.com and you can also check out a writing group that I lead called Writers Unite it's called Writers Unite it's on Facebook and we're actually going to do a blog post kind of feedback editing swap of sorts I know you said you were thinking about uh, participating Josh where you know basically we just trade blog posts and you can get an outside perspective completely for free and just you know let's unite together as writers help each other out and you know put on your editing hat right mm -hmm. excellent yeah I'm looking forward to being able to um, try that experiment and I, I think it's going to work great. And so there's a lot of people that are uh, jumping in to get involved in that too. So that, that should be good. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. I, I just, you know, any, any way we can help each other out as writers, as creatives of storytellers and artists, we, I think we have to do it. I think it's so important that we just come together and help each other out. Definitely. Definitely. And so, 
yeah that, that's one thing i love about um uh the, the people i've been able to get involved with online is they're they're just so open and willing to help and share and um all of that and so uh d- definitely thankful for you to take the time to day to be able to share your experiences your thoughts and your expertise um on this matter um so that we can uh kind of take our um blogging and our writing to the next level and so i mean because uh, uh, a lot of bloggers uh they also go ahead and they do some ebook writing and uh different things like that or even just uh full-blown books and novels and so uh definitely a good skill uh to try to hone yourself or uh definitely keep it open for getting somebody else uh, the come and look at your writing as well. Yeah. So definitely some great stuff. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Josh. I love what you're doing. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed that conversation. Hopefully you were able to take away some great things regarding uh, some editing, um, regarding your writing, especially with blog posts. And so in there, uh, in the com- in the middle of the conversation, we were talking about I've never had anyone edit my blog post before, and um, Jim was talking about um, doing something of mine. Um, and so, um, since the time we recorded this, um, Jim has edited a blog post for me, and so um, and that actually went live Monday of this week that this episode is coming out. And so, in the show notes for this episode, I'm going to have um, a a file or a link um, to where you can look at the before and after of that editing process. And so you can see what my blog post was before and what it was afterwards. And so that can give you an idea of what you can be able to get with your blog post and the improvements that you can be able to make in yours as well. And after um, I did that, even Jim happened to mention that um, he was thinking about taking another round, uh, doing a second round of editing on it just to kind of fine tune some things. And so but I was a little, uh, little quick on hitting the publish button. And so um, but it, uh, he made a lot of great improvements. And so it can really do a great help for you to be able to get some outside perspective that way. And so be able to find someone, um, whether that is uh, someone, maybe you're uh, trading uh, some work or something like that, or you're paying someone a little bit to be able to do the editing for you. And so you definitely want to have someone that has an eye for uh, uh, like grammar rules and um, how, how things flow and things like that to be able to get that um, across. And so not just any average person, just the tell you that you did a good job but you really want someone that's gonna uh, really dive in and really take a look at uh, the way things are written and how you can be able to improve that and so um, definitely a great thing to be able to do so again you go to the show notes creativestudio.academy slash two dash four and you'll be able to get the show notes get the links for what we talked about and then also there is going to be um, a link to that example that before and after, um, if you will, of the blog post I did on Monday. And so that will definitely be available. So now next episode, we're going to talk about commenting. Um, and so how to manage the comments on your blog. And so we're not going to do a real in-depth look at it. And so it's going to be uh, probably a shorter episode. Um, I say shorter, probably about 20 minutes. And so um, I don't want to go too long because next week is Christmas. And so I don't want to um, 
bog you down with a whole bunch of extra stuff. And so you probably won't have as much time to be able to listen to things. And so, uh, but I do still want to get an episode out. And so we're going to talk a little bit about commenting and some things that we could be able to do to manage our comments better and some plugins um, that uh, we can look at trying to implement. Um, and then I'm going to have some links to some resources to be able to get you some uh, more information as well. And so some things that I happen to come across here lately that um, uh, some ideas of things we can be able to implement. And so uh, some of those things I'm going to be trying out as well. And so see how well that could be able to work in um, the, the comment section. And so that's what's coming up next, uh, next session. And so I definitely look forward to hearing from you. And so go to the website again, creativestudio.academy slash 2-4 for the show notes. Thank you, and we will talk to you next session.